Hello, welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast, episode 121. And I want to make kind of an announcement. This is an important time, uh, a transition in uh, the life of our sponsor, Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment. Um, They've been sponsoring our podcast for a couple of years now at least. And SCTT now has a new strategic plan that recognizes something that we've been talking about uh, extensively for quite a while, and that is the current and growing need for caregiving and for resilience for caregivers. Uh, Their strategic plan is going to include several important programs that we offer, uh, have been offering for caregivers. We've used them with uh, the VA back east for uh, practitioners here in our area. Uh, something we've done quite a bit of and are looking forward to doing more. And we want to talk about more of this today. Yeah, uh, Jenny was going to chime in with me. I'm listening to her. <laughs> well, <laughs> Frankly, I going, we are, are a very inspired team, very inspired a lot, to be honest with you. Um, we are taking so much of our inspiring work and it's being transposed into the strategic plan. And it's coming from the voices of experience and understanding what goes on as a caregiver on the front lines with people who are very sick and, um, and dying. And uh, we see the toll that it can take on a caregiver. Caregivers are different. They live in extraordinary reality. Not like everyone else, the truth of the matter is, because they're giving. They're giving and they're on the front lines of of dealing with such serious illness, dying and death, and all the emotional pain and burdens that go with that. And yet, at the same time, good caregivers become so much more fulfilled and they grow through it all. But they they do have these experiences of going through an awful lot of struggle and pain themselves. Um, and we've, we've, we know it from experience. We know that we've been called in uh, and as, a, as consultants to situations that were not going well. Uh, we've had numbers of those the kinds of things. And we've seen so much, and there's so much more to be seen. What we've also learned is the world of the caregiver, the profession of caregiving, is um, it's been neglected, and yet the demand, it's probably, isn't it considered the, f- the fastest growing industry in the future of it's all? It's projected to be, and, and yes, the demands for caregivers uh, is just, it seems to be uh, just skyrocketing, and there's some statistics in the strategic plan that you might want to share. I do, I because do. Because it's just, the, it's like, it's a snowball to me, the, the need is growing. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, they, they have the statistics, which is very interesting. Um, uh, but I think there was an editorial in the New York Times in August. And here's the first line of it. The nation's caregiving workforce is fraying. Paid providers are overworked and undervalued, often forced to take on multiple jobs or turn to public assistance themselves just to scrape by. Many family caregivers are struggling as well, sacrificing their own health and well-being to tend to loved ones for years on end. Consistent, skilled, and affordable care is in short supply and getting shorter. And those who provide it are shouldering an increasingly 
unsustainable burden. The, the statistics are interesting. They said there's currently about 4.6 million direct caregivers in the profession. Um, and those would be paid. Those are paid, right. and although the pay is, is tragically low, it's, it's a scandal. Um, they say the average uh, wage is thirteen forty nine an hour, below the average hourly wage of an employee at Chipotle. Yeah. And it says about, I think that this is around 15%, about 20% of direct care workers live at poverty level. Uh, it works hard, stressful, and dangerous with high rates of injury. We will attest to that fact that most of the really good caregivers that we know wind up being injured themselves, broken, burned out, um, sick, sick, and uh, we've done things here. Uh, we've even opened up a gym. Um, it's not ours. One of our caregivers, Colleen Rustad, opened a gym, and it's specifically for caregivers to to do more preventative work and, and keeping them um, in in some kind of self care to keep them going and. Being that we are here at the Burns Institute, very physically fit people, uh, we live the extraordinary reality and we're also very much in self-care, but that is not what we've seen in the world of caregiving at all. Well, part of that is a, a, a kind of a trend that caregivers tend to neglect their own self-care. Uh, they, Because they are compassionate, giving people, they tend to focus overly on the person that they're caring for and set aside their own needs. It is so easy for that to happen. And that has been always a significant portion of every program we've put together for caregivers. Is your words have always been self-care is not self, self. It's not selfish. Not selfish, it is essential. Absolutely, and we, we you know it's interesting what we find is not everyone who s stares in the face of these very difficult circumstances are willing to do it. They take a look at it and they run the, we've seen too many run the other way and avoid it because it is such an overwhelming experience. It is. And for many people, their reaction to it is to get away from it as soon as they can. And unfortunately, um, there's too many of those. But what we've also found is caregivers, that's not what they do. In fact, they're willing to self-sacrifice quite a bit yeah. for themselves, and that's what Jenny's talking about. They're what we call empaths, their personalities, are their giver, their givers. Um, they seem to, most caregivers have trauma from their own pasts. They do, they, they, have, a, they have a passion for, some, for giving, for caring for someone who's hurting, and, and it can be related to something that happened to them in the past, but they want to make something good come out of it. Absolutely, they want to come, they want to come through, and instead of running away or pulling in or withdrawing, they do the opposite. They want to go to where the need is and to help. And that we, we know so many good caregivers. Are. Unfortunately, self-care doesn't seem to be part of their equation. Not always. Um, not enough. Yeah. So we've seen the impact of that because this, these, this kind of job is so difficult. Also, there's an energy exchange that goes on that we pay a lot of attention to. And we've talked about that in other earlier podcasts about the energy that you give as a caregiver, and then there's a kind of energy that you receive also. Well, there's yes, yeah, and um, a little bit of clarification on that. Yeah. The, when we give energy, that's part of our our work, but um, 
uh, in this particular instance, you can't really expect a sick person or disabled person to give you back a lot of ener energetic exchange when they're really not capable anymore. There's an interesting thing that goes on. I think it's more spiritual than anything. It can be one of the most f fulfilling experiences you could ever have in your life. And it's by giving a lot to them. And yet, in certain instances, we found this with my wife, we walk away feeling fulfilled. We feel like we've, re we, we've received energy back. Not that they're able to give it. It's just something in the exchange. It's something that's hard to put our finger on, but I know it happens. Um, people who haven't done this or who avoid it have missed out on, a, on an incredible experience. Caregivers may live in extraordinary reality and go through an incredible amount of struggle and pain, but they also wind up with something so much more enriching than most people. It's they the do. truth. They do. It's, and it's a very important job, and the increase, the demand, and the increase that's coming um, for caregiving is... Let's talk about that just a little bit. Um, the pandemic, in kind of a, just a general yeah. Uh, put more light on caregiving because of the incidence of COVID-19 in facilities for the elderly. Many families wanted to bring their family members out and care for them themselves and found themselves unequipped to do that. In general, our population is aging and the need for caregivers is going to grow. Many people who are aging would much rather age in place at home than need to be in some kind of a facility. Uh, another need for caregiving, I think, from our experience, is uh, veterans who have come back from Iraq or Afghanistan with TBI and PTS. Some of them, it will require at some point in their life care and caregivers, and that may grow in time. And that's how the nonprofit started. It was for the families. That was what led veterans. us into this field: is that we were f hoping to work with veterans and service members, and found that their families and caregivers were more open to the help, and that became a channel that we could reach. That through. was unexpected, but that's certainly something we've been invested in for over the last years. Let me just say, some, I want to just read yeah, some statistics some that are amazing. Yeah. Um, nearly 64% of all family caregivers over 66 years old die before the loved one they care for. I can attest, after going through what I did with my wife, it's very easy to understand how that can happen. The heartbreak, the pain is beyond words. And it's, it's something that a lot of folks can't, we know we've helped a lot of families. We've lost a number of loved one, caregivers in the situation and they go before the people taking care of. Yeah. Um, said spending on home health care. Now this is the people that are not included in the profession, right? Right. Um, 42 million. And it reached, and this is what it, what's going. People, a high, forty-two million people. People are home care, helpers. unpaid caregivers at home. And they contribute in unpaid time, a hundred and thirteen and a half billion dollars in two thousand nineteen in a year. That's a forty percent increase from two thousand thirteen. That is phenomenal growth, and it's only going to continue. Forty. Listen, yeah. It says family caregivers contribute at least four hundred. Sorry. $470 billion worth of free labor yeah. to the economy each year. Yes. Unbelievable. That's unsustainable. And they say the rank of home care aides are expected to grow by more than those of any other job in the next decade. 
home health care is one of the lowest paying occupations going. Nearly one, it's, it's more than, well, it's about 20%. Live, 20% of caregivers live beyond, below the poverty line, even though they work an incredible amount of hours. And there are caregivers that work what we call the 20 or 7 um, schedule, which is brutal. And what we have found is they're usually paid for only a fraction of the actual hours they work. We've heard 13. Devastating. Just like the maximum. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's been some very important quotes from some people that are pretty well known. One is from Rosalind Carter. She has an institute for caregivers. It, sounds, it says, without robust strategies and systems to support America's already vulnerable informal caregiving community, the health, strength, and resilience of unpaid family caregivers will remain at great risk, with long-term repercussions for our nation's health, economy, and stability. And as Rosalind Carter herself wisely pointed out, says, there are only four kinds of people in the world, those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregiving. We've been in those categories. Yeah. We have. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I think Elizabeth Dole has one strictly for, especially for the family. Her families. foundation is, uh, gear, is uh, addresses caregivers of uh, service members and veterans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hidden yeah. Heroes is the name of her program. Mm. Yeah. She says they deserve so much honor and respect, and they're caring for those that cared for us. I yes. want them to know they're not alone. That's from Elizabeth Dole. Yeah. Would you like to share? I know you wanted to share some of our program today. Should we yeah, take some time I, I, for that? Yeah, I would, because we, we specifically have developed programs over the years really for, for helping caregivers and to train them how to, how to restore themselves before they reach what we call burnout. That's, a termin, that's really terminal in the caregiving profession, because once you reach that, you don't want to work anymore, you don't want to do it, you don't like the people you're working with, and you're usually in very bad shape. So we've seen enough of that, and we, in fact, some of our beloveds that we know in other situations are burning out now. And we see it, we wish we could intervene, it's not always easy. But um, some of our programs direct, deal directly. Um, we, we talk about caregiving takes a toll on the body, mind, and emotional well-being. And this is where um, we've, we've discovered, and we pay attention to the stress on the body and the energy depletions and what it begins to do to people. We can show, we can teach people and train them, number one, how to get rid of the built-up negative uh, energy and, 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 and uh, burdens that they accumulate, but they have to pay attention to their own bodies. They do. There's, there are many good caregiving uh, resilience programs out there, but I think we are unique in this appreciation and emphasis on the stress that is held in the body and the great trouble that can cause. And we're very familiar with it, especially here at the Bernstein Institute. We've worked on this for, I've been, this is my 52nd year, so I know I've seen it. Now we're certainly being um, led toward working more with caregivers, first responders, uh, nurses, doctors, other families, especially during the last two and a half years, two years with the pandemic, which is yes. brought to brought to light and brought this brought this out to us and seeing the shape that people are in. 
the burdens, the anxiety, the depressions, the sicknesses that they, that they carry, um, that they develop. So we have developed programs to address that. We've take, pro, taken programs that we've used for years, and we've, we've tweaked them, we've, we've molded them to fit the needs of groups of people that we see are struggling. One of the programs was started at the VA system, God, uh, how many years ago? That? that was 10 years ago. And that was in regard to combat crisis treatment teams. Yes. And it took us a while to formulate it. At that time, dealing with the VA was not an easy thing. No. And these people were absolutely, that were working so hard um, under, under terrible duress. We had to figure out how to help them take care of themselves and to cope with the VA system itself, which there was a There were a lot of constraints we had to So we had to figure that out. But yeah. in the meantime, we did. through it all, we developed a very effective program, effective program for them. And that them. has been the core that we've expanded on since then. Absolutely. And we've done it with other groups, too. We want to put this out today, that there is hope for caregivers. There is an attention that needs to be paid by our by our society, that the need is great. And these people deserve our compassion. They deserve our support. They deserve anything we can do to help them. They are living a much different life than most of us would choose to live. And the most of them are doing it, well, the professionals are doing it by choice. Family members are doing it because they can't afford to put their loved ones in uh, assisted living facilities, uh, memory care facilities. They're just too too expensive. Yes, they are. So they wind up compromising their own work life. They compromise much to take care of their loved ones. And we see the toll that it takes. We have lost a number of our friends that were caregivers for other their their loved ones. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they died. They were gone. And the people that they're taking care of, we thought, they got, my God, they're going to go any day. Yeah. And they go on for two, three, four years. Yeah. So we have seen this, we know it's real. Um, we want to prevent it. Um, we feel that we're, it's almost a calling at this point to take our skills and abilities and our passion to help these folks. And it's, now it turns out it's going to be the fastest growing need mm -hmm. profession in the next 10 years of all other occupations. So we know that we that's not what we hooked into, but that well, here it is. It was becoming clear to us. It is. It's not it, news for us. No. no. And we, we have a great heart for it. And then uh, during this time, of course, my wife has passed away, and we all took care of her for six years. Now we look back on it. She was actually with the sickness she had. We think it went between 10 and 11 years, actually. Mm -hmm. But the most acute part was the last six years, the last four years. was, an, it was I want to say it was a nightmare, but... In some ways, it was probably the most teaching, fulfilling time in our lives. We loved it. In fact, our pro these programs are dedicated to her. Mm -hmm. If it's all right, I'd like to just read that dedication. I didn't write it. It's part of the strategic plan. We would, we would finish on that today? If you want it, you yeah, tell me. We're about out of time, so let's finish on that. It's your show. You tell me. All right. Okay. All I have to do is find it, folks. Hang on there. Now, That's I didn't it. write this. It. But the, a team of caregivers wrote this. Um, it says, dedication, this plan is dedicated to the treasured memory of Lynn Kelly Bernstein, a woman of enduring faith, strength, and grace. In life, unto her last breath, and I can attest to that, Lynn loved sacrificially, expressed constant gratitude, courageously fought back from hardships, and never felt sorry for herself. 
Thank you, Lynn, for trusting your caregivers to care for you as dementia claimed your life. Thank you also for giving them the opportunity, giving us the opportunity to learn how to be true caregivers. You've inspired us to set forth on Lynn's legacy. Yes. This whole podcast, mm -hmm. we started it. Yeah. Because we wanted to reach, and it was based on Lynn's legacy, and she was still alive at that time, and we were working very hard. I'll be honest with you, we all feel the grief and the loss of my beloved wife. There's a picture of her right over there, and we carry her close. We love her, and she was an inspiration. Not everybody that you work with is like Lynn, as we no. have found out. No. And a lot of people feel sorry for themselves who are going through it, so it's harder on the caregivers. Yeah. A lot of they people are very abusive. And these caregivers take some heavy hits. Lynn wasn't like that. She was appreciative. She was courageous. She was sacrificial. She was loving. And as she went through the, her deterioration, her courage showed even more. And she hung in there to her last breath, caring for me almost more than for herself when she said her goodbyes. And she touched many people's lives in our community. She's an inspiration to so many. Anyway, I hope that we can be an inspiration and a help to all of you. I hope these podcasts begin to reach the ears and the eyes of people on the front lines, caregivers of all types, uh, our firefighters, our nurses, our doctors, our paramedics. Um, I don't even want to leave out anybody. There's, we see so much of this. Our veterans and their families. We hope that what we're doing will give you a little bit of, of food to carry you through and a little bit more hope when things get really rough, and they will. So anything we can do, let us know. We will be more than glad to help you and, and uh, offer you whatever help and assistance that we can. We are excited uh, to be entering this new time with SCTT, our sponsor for the podcast. Uh, that we will be able to do more uh, in sharing what we know about caregiving and helping care for caregivers. Absolutely. So please consider going to sctraumatreatment.org and donating toward this really important cause and also to support our podcast. We are the Survivor's Guide to Life.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We have uh, our audio podcast and all the regular outlets. We have our own YouTube channel. Peter and I can be reached at Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com, 707-781-3335. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We will be talking about this again. All our best to all of you. Keep the faith. Hang in there. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.